You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what is up, Huda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Bursall Law, the official attorneys of Buku Media seeking compensation for injuries. Give them a call at 504-523-5413. This is the first time I'm going live in, a, I'd say, a while and by a while, maybe a couple of months because it hasn't been the busiest of, I'd say, Julys and Junes for the New Orleans Saints. But we did get some great news on this Tuesday night, and that's regarding Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston, and it's the first time in a long time that I feel like we can say we have definitive great news on two of the most important positions or two of some of the most important positions in the NFL, quarterback and wide receiver. So let's start off with Jameis Winston and what we've learned on that front. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, there's optimism surrounding the health of Jameis Winston. He seems to be all positive. That's the first thing, thing he said. Then he went on to say the expectation is that Jameis should look like Jameis of old, in the pocket. That's obviously good news there. And then the only, I would say, non-fully positive part, but still optimistic, is that he said that at first, the bootlegs and things of that nature when Jameis is scrambling, that might look a, bit, a, a little bit slower excuse me, than usual, but full health is coming. And that's where he ended it off on Jameis Winston. As for Michael Thomas, he said... Everything's heading in a positive direction. He's on the same page with Dennis Allen, which is good news for anyone worried about, is there a new head coach with Michael Thomas potential rift? That would say no. And then he finished with the biggest statement on him, which was optimism that he'll be cleared at some point early in training camp. That's the big news. Now, does that kind of tell you that he probably isn't going to be ready for the initial start of training camp? Maybe that, that probably is the way you're leaning. But again, training camp is so long. And if Michael Thomas is ready for the early stages, that's good news. Gives him time to get on the same page with James Winston. Gives him time to kind of understand how Jarvis and Chris Olave like to run their routes and how they could complement each other. So that's obviously great news here. But let's start off with James Winston and then work our way over to Michael Thomas. For James Winston, I'm not surprised. And anyone who's a Saints fan shouldn't be surprised because you can say whatever you want about Jameis. I'm sure people are going to throw out their narratives and their ideas on what he isn't, what he is as a quarterback. The one thing that you need to say when you're talking about Jameis Winston, because you it's important when you're talking about a player like him, is the work ethic side of things and how hard he does work. And the fact that ever since he's gotten injured until this very point, whether it's rehab videos, whether it's OTAs, whether it's minicamp, you're always seeing him out there putting in the work. And that's the one thing you cannot question about a Jameis Winston. And that's why when you hear, like you do today on this Tuesday night from Ian Rappaport, that he is going to be ready and he has been cleared for the start of training camp, I'm not surprised at all. Am I excited? Of course. It's the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. And if the Saints are going to be a team that is contending this year, Jameis Winston's going to play at the very least complimentary football, if not even better than that. So obviously I'm thrilled. But in no way, shape, or form am I surprised because this is a player who's been kind of gearing towards this moment because of all the hard work he's put in in his rehab process. And if you attack your rehab process the right way, I think good things are going to happen. And we're seeing that with Jameis Winston. And now it's just a matter of how does he get rewarded for that hard work? And does he take that next step now that'll be kind of year two as a starter for the Saints, but year three in the system with an offensive coordinator like Pete Carmichael. So again, not surprised there. As for Michael Thomas, Look, man, this is fantastic news. And I know a lot of people have kind of told me on Twitter that they don't want to celebrate yet because the reality is this still isn't the final product and this isn't the, de the definitive, hey, he's good to go. However, it's still good news. And I think when you talk about this saga that Michael Thomas has had, 
I think the one thing I think about is all those reports that came out, how there was so much uncertainty attached and there was so much doubt attached at times. And I kept thinking like, was he ever going to play for the Saints again? And there are people who probably dig up old tweets if they want right now for me saying, I don't know if he's going to play for the Saints again. And we've now reached that point where it's a comfort thing and it's no longer a matter of if, it's a matter of when he plays again for the New Orleans Saints. And I think that's the beauty of all this. So I am really pleased from that. And yes, it's not the, the final report that he's going to play and be ready for the start of training camp. But man, it is positive news. And like my good man, John Butler just said, MT is out for blood in 2022. And I really wouldn't be surprised by that because A, you know he always plays with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he was playing with a chip on his shoulder when he was an all-pro offensive player of the year. Now imagine a guy who's kind of been two seasons removed from the NFL, has heard that he's nothing really other than slant boy or a guy who doesn't play. The chip on his shoulder is now a boulder, and I imagine that he's going to be playing with a really competitive fire. That being said, there's something that's really important to add to it, and it's it's something that I've said throughout this offseason, is the Saints did a great service to Michael Thomas by adding other receivers to this lineup because they no longer have to sit here and say, Michael Thomas, you need to be Michael Thomas of old. He might very well be Michael Thomas of old. And if he is, this Saints offense is going to be pretty damn good. But if he's not, the benefit of adding a Jarvis Landry, the benefit of adding a Chris Olave is you're no longer super reliant on Michael Thomas to just be this all-world beater superhero wide receiver. You just need him to be a good wide receiver. And even if he's 80% of what he was, 75% of what he was, 75% of a receiver who had 1,700 yards, I don't want to do the math right now because I'm not trying to give myself a migraine, but I'd imagine that's a pretty damn good receiver. Now, having Landry next to him, having Olave next to him, there's not going to be the pressure to say, hey, we need to lock up Michael Thomas because you don't really have that luxury. You know, I think back to the 2019 team, they, you know, other teams, they knew they had to stop Michael Thomas. Now they still couldn't. So that was the, the great part about the year that he had, but they went in and you knew, hey, we got to double him, bracket coverage, whatever you got to do. You really can't do that. Like if Michael Thomas comes back and he is Michael Thomas of old, you do not have the luxury of doing that because Jarvis Landry will just kind of just beat you up on the middle of the field. And if not, Chris Olave seems to be what you want in terms of home run hitter, big play guy. There are times he reminds me of Amari Cooper, not as physical or as stocky, but the route running's there. It's clean. And I could see Olave making some really big plays early as a rookie. So you don't have that luxury because you got to watch out for three of them. And not only do you have to watch out for three of them, your wide receiver one, two, and three from last year are now your four, five, and six. You don't think they're going to be better from kind of being demoted, but also versing lesser competition. It really is just an, an overall equation at that point. So you got to be excited that, that Michael Thomas is, is on the, the comeback trail, I would say. And again, we want to wait for final word. Sure. But for the first time in a long time, you no longer feel like, I don't know when he's going to play. It's, I know he's going to play. I'm just waiting for the date, but I'm not sitting here doubting whether or not he's suiting up for the black and gold. And that's just great. Now, moving over to Jameis Winston in terms of what this means for him and stat projection. I know that's a big thing on Twitter. Um, and I don't really know why we all get caught up in it. And I include myself. Like, I'm one of those people who I'll talk about football. And I'll be chatting with people and we're brainstorming and we're talking about what we need to discuss. And I'm like, I don't really know if I want to talk about stats projections. And then people put up stat projections for players. And I'm like, okay, I want to talk about stat projections. And you kind of get suckered into it. So here I am doing that because I see a tweet earlier this week 
kind of people talking about it. And it's a really fun, engaging tweet. Um, it came from, I believe, let me just pull it up right here. It came from DraftKings. So obviously DraftKings does great work. We obviously love them here. Official, you know, sports betting partner of, of Buku Media here. They put out who would throw more touchdowns, Jameis Winston or Tua Tungo-Vailoa. And I said Jameis, no doubt. And a lot of people hit me with the, oh, you're being a homer, this and that. And like, first off, I, I wasn't being a homer. Like that's the first thing. And second, it's a numbers thing. And I look at Jameis Winston, I did not think the Saints were airing it out a lot last year. And anyone who's a Saints fan and watched the games would agree with me. They were not airing it out last year. He still finished with two less interceptions than Tua did. And he only played in seven games. So I factor that into it. I factor the fact that this guy, throughout his time at Tampa Bay, was throwing around 20-plus touchdowns a game. And then obviously you have the 33 touchdowns that he threw in the 30-for-30 season that everyone mocks. But the numbers are there. But... I go back to what I said about Jameis earlier this year, and I think it was around May. And not everyone loved the comparison because I'm not comparing talent because I don't think it really is a comparison. I think Jameis is much more talented than the quarterback I'm about to mention. But I told people, if you're looking for like a good stat line that you want, if Jameis Winston can become somewhat similar to what Ryan Tannehill statistically has done for the Titans, that would be perfect for a Saints team that has a really good defense and wants to play complimentary football. And what I mean by that is if Jameis Winston goes out there and has 4,200 yards and 30 touchdowns and 13 picks, that is a really good season. And if anyone wants to argue with me and say that's not enough or whatever, that's fine. That's your opinion. And if you think he can do more than that, and, and I don't think he can, I don't think there, there's no way he can't do more than that. That's just what I feel is a good projection from my, my point of view. I think those are great numbers for a team that I expect to play complimentary football. So when I hear that Jameis is cleared, and that he's on the mend, and he's getting closer to 100%, that makes me feel good about what he can do. And now look, I'm not comparing quarterbacks because I do think this quarterback is superior in talent and, and production to, to Jameis, but Joe Burrow off a torn ACL did have 4,600 passing yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 picks, and also they made the Super Bowl, which is pretty damn good. So uh, the, the ACL thing, we're seeing players recover from that. And I'll go a step further. And I'll take a quarterback who isn't a, a Joe Burrow. But if you're talking about how do you perform off ACL surgery, not bad. Take a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think everyone would agree Jameis Winston is more talented than. Coming off an ACL tear, 27 touchdowns, 13 picks, just under 4,000 yards. And again, I think Jameis is more talented, has a bigger arm, more potential for, I would say, the home run plays. So when I say 30 touchdowns, 13 picks, 4,200 yards, I feel really good about that because I think that's a nice projection for a player like Jameis who is learning how to still make the big plays, but learn how to limit the mistakes. And that is why I go into that type of projection. As for Michael Thomas, man, I really don't know what's going to happen because again, I don't know what Michael Thomas we're going to get from the jump, but I still have a hard time like imagining a world where Michael Thomas isn't in a thousand yard receiver. And I know that it's going to be tough because he is coming off a really bad ankle injury and there there's no guarantee that he will be able to be the Michael Thomas of old. But I look back at Michael Thomas in 2020, who had a bum ankle and was not really playing up to his standards, and he had two 100-yard receiving games with Taysom Hill as his quarterback. And in those games, I believe they were against the Eagles and the Falcons, who, by the way, have really good cornerbacks. So I, for me, for one, I just would be surprised if we don't see him have another 1,000-yard season if he's playing the full year. Now, if he's missing time, that factors into everything. 
But Michael Thomas is that guy that like, I know this injury history is not good in terms of when you suffer the injury to the inner side of your ankle, the history is not good for players who suffer that. And I know that he's missed so much time and all those things get factored in. But I think there's things that you can't measure. And Michael Thomas is that type of athlete who you don't know what's going on upstairs because everything is internalized. And that's good for a guy like that because they have that type of mentality that very few have. And if he is able to really trust that ankle and be that violent route runner that I think he can be, that would be great news for the Saints. And that'd be great news for him, statistically speaking, what he'd be able to do. But I'm very curious to see what goes down. Now, if you're listening on Twitter or YouTube, you want to drop in a quick comment, you can do that. I'll pull it up. If it's a question, a uh, prediction, a thought, do that. I could pull it up on the screen before I head out. But while I, while you guys kind of ponder, if you want to drop a comment in uh, on YouTube, uh, I will kind of bring up some other news that happened today that isn't maybe as major as Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas, but it's still a couple of, of fun facts for people to know. The first thing, Alante Taylor signed his rookie deal. No longer have to worry about that. There was a lot of discussion about what's going on there. Why hasn't it been signed? It really is a language thing in the contract. Uh, when you're not signed yet, your agency's trying to work something out, whether it is maybe a bonus or maybe the roster bonus or how much money's up front, how much is guaranteed, deferred, whatever it might be. There's so much that goes on with the contract. That's why he doesn't get signed yet. So for it to get signed before training camp officially begins July 27th, that's great news. Because Alante Taylor is a player who I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table, what he can kind of mold into. We'll see what happens there. The second thing, and this came up before, I believe, the Alante Taylor news, maybe after, um, was Rashid Shahid and him being placed on the non-football injury list. Obviously not ideal. This is a, an intriguing kick returner who has good speed, who is a college record breaker at the kick return game. But maybe this is one of those, you're stashing a player, maybe you have a place for him later on. Maybe that's not this year. Maybe it's next year. And, and we'll see what happens there. Another quick news there uh, for the Saints, this is regarding their, their running back situation. They plan to work out Darius Victor. He was the USFL's 2022 offensive MVP. And he actually spent time with the Saints in 2017 and also spent time with the Arizona Cardinals. Is that the answer to the running back question that we've all had? If Alvin Kamara misses time, who knows? Only time will tell that story. But again, Saints are putting in work for the running back position. Got to figure out what happens in the event that Alvin Kamara does miss time this season, which is possible. And we'll learn more about that when his hearing is on August 1st. So that kind of wraps it up so far for the Saints. Majority good news. You're working out a running back. You got James Winston cleared. Michael Thomas is hopefully right behind him on the way. And Alante Taylor signed his rookie deal. So all in all, a pretty damn good Tuesday if you're a Saints fan. And we're excited to see where this leads into. And of course, next week is when all the fun begins with training camp officially opening up. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Buku Media. As always, guys, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube page, make sure to do so. I know it's the NBA offseason, but if you guys see what these Pelicans guys are doing on the network, just damn good. Damn good stuff. So check out what they're doing there. And actually, before I wrap it up, quick question from my guy, John Butler, who, by the way, if you guys aren't familiar with John Butler's work, please go follow him on Twitter and go check it out. He does some great stuff. He said, it seemed like Sean Payton was using Winston in a lower-risk passing offense. Do you think Dennis Allen handles him the same way? Uh, we've talked about that before, um, and, and I think it's something that we're really not going to know until we see week one. But I'd imagine when you get a Jarvis Landry and you get a Chris Olave and you expect Michael Thomas to come back, you really can't be as conservative 
in terms of what you're doing as an offense. you got to air it out. And I think Dennis Allen being a defensive coach, if he has so much confidence in his defense and the way they're going and the way he's calling a game, he feels really good. I mean, you can look at Pete Carmichael and tell him, yeah, we got to air this thing out and our defense will handle the rest. So I would expect him to be a bit more explosive in that regard. It will the, should be more comfortability for Jameis Winston because he is going to be in year two as a starter. And we'll see how that all unfolds. But I would be a little bit disappointed. I'm not going to lie to you if the Saints did go with a little bit lower risk like they did last season. But again, we'll see what happens. But that's a great question, John, and I appreciate it. Now, with that said, finally closing the bow on it, just a quick kind of recap for what happened when Jameis and Michael Thomas figured I'd come on and chat it with you guys. But enjoy the rest of your Tuesday night. As always, guys, keep it plugged in here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdanich. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.